This is Get Lively with Bailey Friedman, and today I'm joined by two special guests, SGA President and Vice President Evan Gillen and Ayo Aladasami. This podcast is brought to you by The Technique, our on-campus newspaper, as well as Rec Radio, who has partnered with us to bring tech students quality entertainment and the freshest, dankest news. Today we're talking about the SGA undergraduate elections, which is currently in a runoff through the end of this week. So we're going to start with a few questions for Evan and Io. So the first question that I have for you guys is what were your biggest goals going into your term and how did they maybe change or adapt throughout the year? And how did you have to adapt as you like came across new challenges? I would say some of our biggest goals were starting from last spring. So mm-hmm. continuing mental health conversations, path forward was in sort of like an in- infancy stage. So making sure that was well developed and well integrated with SGA. And then in terms of elections, uh, we had just finished an uncontested election. So very much in a wider sense, concerning SGA and the student body, we wanted contested elections by the time the next elections round um, came up. And so as far as adapting to the year two, just keeping a very adaptable SGA, um, really focusing on internal operations as well. <clears throat> so throughout the year, we appropriated a lot of energy and time to making sure that internal operations in the House and, and Cabinet were running smoothly and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly... Topics about mental health were kind of like first and foremost uh, coming into the fall semester. Yep. There was a pretty serious need to kind of refocus on kind of restarting SGA after the past couple of years. We wanted people to be excited about the organization and to kind of get people back into the role as student government of communicating with administrators and having influence in those sort of things on campus. Um, to answer the question about how things changed over time, I mean drastically. Um, as soon as you step into office, you have your set objectives. You've heard um, similar things this year from some of the candidates about being actionable, feasible things that to accomplish, and we wanted to do that as well with our platform. But when you step in, things arise on campus that you need to address, and those become your new priorities. Um, so the creation of GT Care uh, through the Counseling Center was one of our biggest projects this year, monitoring path forward. Um, really became a central focus and other things in our administration like that um, changed over time. And so in some ways, it means it means that you have to drop some initiatives from your platform and focus on those new things that come up. It just speaks to being an adaptable organization. Right. I think it's interesting because you were talking about the uncontested election last year, and now we have four candidates for this election, or we did. <coughs> and so much of all of those candidates' platforms focused on mental health. And so I just think that that's really cool because that was one of your goals to, you know, have more candidates, but also for people to address mental health and also focus on that. And so thanks for your work in that field. Um, And so my next question would just be, what do you hope to see come out of this election season, regardless of who wins? Mm -hmm. I would say one thing that I really hope continues is just um, a pretty adaptable organization and one that can handle issues as they come up. Mm-hmm. I think we've been really good about that this year, and and I really hope that next year's SGA kind of realizes how that works and how to leverage those sort of uh, unpredictable events during the year in a manageable way. Mm-hmm. Um, I also hope, and maybe this is coming from sort of like a selfish point of view, but some of the really good projects that we started this year, I hope that next year's administration, along with what they have on their platforms, can build on what we've built this year. Um, and that speaks to a larger conversation about SGA as an organization and just sort of just organizational capacities and, and turnaround and continuity year by year. That's something that I didn't realize was so important before during my years in SGA, but 
really making sure that it's cohesive and and continuous as far as the projects we, we start because we don't want you know some project to start one year and a lot of effort and time to be appropriated to it and then just exist in that one year. Mm-hmm. I think SGA functions really well when the organization realizes that projects can be they can last two, three, four years, and it's just a process of building on the groundwork that, that's been set. And so I really hope that that's something that the next administration, the next uh, representatives and people on SGA can kind of keep in mind. Yeah. Generally, I'd also like to see some more cohesion in the organization between all three branches. I mean, student government, um, I think people kind of just know about it through whichever people they happen to know who in it, but it makes a lot of sense when they operate as an entire group of people um, and that's when you have the most effective sort of change there. So um, I hope that there's more communication between them and they're able to kind of leverage each other's individual skills. Um, also reaching back out and expanding on, like Io said, communication with other campus organizations. We've laid some groundwork here and we want to see them really take advantage of that and, and propel it into a larger, more effective um, year. Mm-hmm. So you guys have both touched on being adaptable and communication and things like that. So what are a few traits that you think a good SGA president and vice president would have? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> I think when we when we speak about adaptability, it just means, it kind of speaks to just leadership. Um, if you're able to sit down and listen to all the different constituent groups that you're a part of before you start you know, your course of action, um, and then really try to balance all the opinions that you've heard um, and decide on which one is, is truly the best <laughs> there. Um, this the top-down leadership doesn't work too well. Um, I think it's a matter of just bringing voices into that conversation. Um, communicating with administrators is necessary in this area. They're able to um, help you identify things that happen on campus, and as you communicate with them, then you would see openings and saying, "Oh, I need to push back here," or um, "This is a place where we can actually work together in, in a more stronger sort of way." Um, so it is truly case by case, and it depends on having a really good team surrounding you. Um, so it, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't really even fall onto the president and vice president themselves as much as it is um, who they surrounded themselves with and whether they're able to leverage those talents as well. Because as we know, tech has so many students who are knowledgeable in what they do. And much of the successes of this year, um, we can tie back to our cabinet members and other members, committee chairs and co- uh, committee members. Um, so I think it's, it's using those resources effectively is really one of the best things to do. Mm-hmm. And if I had to kind of pick out one word that I would kind of want honestly any student leader but especially future SGA presidents and vice presidents to kind of embody would definitely be awareness and more specifically self-awareness. I think that term has helped me in this role. Um, Self-awareness in the context of being aware of what the role mandates in a concrete sense but also in a non-concrete sense. You know you can look at previous years and see what presidents and vice presidents have done Um, But you should also look at yourself and see what's going on at Georgia Tech and the student body in the administrative context and try to be aware of what you bring to the table um, and what conversations need to be started and what projects and programs need to be started and have a certain awareness about your role as as a representative of of the students. And so I think sometimes reflecting and taking into consideration what's what's been achieved in the past it kind of makes me realize like how much I should be pushing or what rooms I should be in what conversations I need to enter and how I need to conduct myself so certainly self-awareness in the role is really important it's worth mentioning um, the president does a lot of things outside of what their normal scope is on Georgia Tech Um, in many cases they're representatives for the entire school outside of Georgia Tech so Mm -hmm. attending conferences with the university system interacting with the chancellor and board and members of the board of regents 
um, going to other events on the national scale. Um, those sort of things are, are important in order to expand Georgia Tech's presence as well. Um, so bringing that knowledge back and trying to actually change the organization based on those sort of things is important. Um, so it extends beyond being a student representative. They need to be able to balance a whole bunch of different um, tasks as well, more than just the day-to-day operations. And that's what I think speaks to the, the members that they rely on. I think that's a really good point that you bring up is like what the president would do beyond just within like I guess the borders of SGA because we actually something that we do for this show is we go out and we crowdsource and ask people like their opinions on whatever topic that we're doing and the overwhelming majority of students that we talked to um, for this episode said that they didn't really know what SGA did or they didn't vote because they weren't aware of what impact their vote could have and so I guess maybe my next question would just be like what would you say to those students and you kind of touched on it a little bit like with what your role is but you know like why should students get involved in SGA elections? Yeah this is one of my favorite questions or topics to talk about um, simply because I do think it's something that's difficult to be made aware of. Um, It's so ingrained into just like administrative processes but I think one of the most important roles that SGA plays is, I mean, our structure reflects pretty directly the structure of Georgia Tech. Um, mm-hmm. For every vice president they have, we have one as well, and same with committees and initiatives of that sort. Um, so whenever there are you know, meetings taking place that are you know, really important meetings about budgets or other initiatives that are gonna change campus, there are students in the room, and those students are more likely than not SGA representatives, um, oftentimes committee chairs or you know, even committee members. Um, all the way up to you know the most important meetings of like fee increases and things of that sort, which is a majority represented student um, committee. So students actually have, um, based on undergrad and graduate representatives, they're able to outvote um, the faculty and administrative representatives there. Um, so there's a huge amount of student um, power in these areas that are not very visible, that student government works closely in, and most of our time goes into things like that on the executive side. Um, So, you know, for instance, this year, in order to subsidize the psychiatry fees, um, doubling those and then bringing two case managers to campus pending approval from the Board of Regents, that was a six-month conversation with all administrative units about their budgets and where we had room to move there. Um, Conversations about the Campus Center um, has student representation in it, task forces um, for mental health had student representatives there as well. Um, And we have 26 different committees, so that shows, I think, the breadth um, in which we're involved in those conversations. Um, that I can't stress enough is, you know, kind of what student government exists to do, which is just to embody student opinion, not always from the president saying something to the entire campus of this is what campus believes, but constantly receiving feedback. I mean, we read Reddit, um, we're on Facebook and, and hear things from students. We bring those concerns up all the time. Um, we know that dining is a, is an issue and we talk to them about how to improve it within um, the timeframes that we're working in and when we do want to champion those larger ones as well. Um, so, I mean, really everything and anything on that executive side is something that I think is most important. And when people don't want to vote for the president, they're the one who builds that entire team. They appoint their cabinet of 13 people total, including the president and vice president. And then from them, they appoint the 26 chairs and from them, the committee members, and they work with the House. So it all starts at the very, very top. Um, and if you have a preference for what sort of personality you want to see leading that organization, representing the school outside of um, these sort of internal processes, then that's why the vote matters so much. Um, and they're your fellow students. Um, you know, they have a subsidy, so uh, student fees are using to pay them. They're public servants in that way. Um, and so you can hold them accountable to that. And it's, it's just like politics in that way. And that, you know, you want to be able to share your opinion about who's going to be representing you in those things. 
And so as far as the kind of why students should vote question, there's a ton of different ways to come to, to come at this question, but I'll touch on some personal reflections I have. When I first stepped into this role, um, you know, I had been in SGA, I had been in UHR specifically for three years previously, and this year is my first on the executive side. <clears throat> and what's interesting is that pretty soon in, I realized that like once all the dust settled from the elections and we got our committees in place and committee chairs and UHR was there, uh, it was time to execute, um, kind of as is described in the role. And so it was time to sit down, draw out timelines for projects, draw out initiatives, all that kind of stuff. And it was interesting because it was all up to kind of like me and my and, and our cabinet to, to do what we deemed was necessary for that year. Um, but that was the first year that I kind of started seeing Georgia Tech as a network of administrators, faculty, people here to to make the Georgia Institute, Institute of Technology University that, that is attractive, that, that grows its students, that is a good place to be. And before that, I kind of only seen Georgia Tech as a place where I go to class, I take tests, I do homework, and then I go back to my room and do whatever. But kind of what I'm getting at is that being in this in this role this year, I realized that I kind of only been seeing Georgia Tech very much from like the student perspective, very much. You know, I was a student, that was kind of it. I had my involvements here and there, but they were student involvements. Then on this side, I saw Georgia Tech as an institution, and so I see the people who run it, and so I see the people who are going to run it. Uh, in future years, people who are deciding what the, the direction of Georgia Tech is. And it took a really uh, kind of considerable shift in mindset to say, okay, this is how Georgia Tech works as an institution that has all these kind of networks and and this different type of power here and there, especially w- within the city of Atlanta, state of Georgia, just a lot of different, Georgia Tech has its hands in a lot of places for sure. And so bringing it back home, why students should vote, is that Georgia Tech, compared to actually our other peer universities, RSGA has a lot of involvement in those kind of behind-the-scenes networks and kind of executive ways of getting things done here at the Institute. And it's amazing. I mean, I hear stories all the time about other schools kind of struggling for representation, struggling even to get their voices heard. And here, that's not the issue. The issue is, I mean, we're kind of uh, fortunate where the issue is just getting things done. You know, we already have the representation we have the foot in the door. Now we just need to have the right conversation. And so, yeah, if, if you want um, effective representation, if you want to get your voices heard, um, if you want people who will have the right conversations, set the right conversations in the room, I would say definitely vote because we have the representation there. It's all up to the students to decide what, what they want us to say on their behalf. Right. Yeah. One more thing. Yeah, go for yeah. it. Um, I wanted to touch on some of the other the other two branches as well, and just kind of the unique spot that Georgia Tech student government is in. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know have the opportunity to talk to other presidents at other uh, universities in the USG, the university system, but also across the nation. And Tech is in a really unique spot um, in terms of how much Georgia Tech actually delegates to its students. Um, we have a culture here of allowing students to help innovate things. Um, I mean, even from the perspective of uh, labs, you know, trying to help, like research labs, trying to develop more efficiency for buses on campus is, you know, I think uh, emblematic of that. But for student government itself, we're one of the only student governments who allocates 100% of the student activity fee that we pay in. Um, other universities, they only, you know, give a percentage uh, to their student government that they get, and the administration allocates the rest through their committees. Um, so that's a unique uh, responsibility in and of itself. Some universities don't have student review boards for, um, like, we have under, the undergraduate judiciary cabinet. 
um, that hears student code of conduct violations and has the power to recommend expulsions and suspensions of students um, to OSI. Other universities don't have that same sort of structure. And uh, it's very, very hands-off at the end of the day. Um, we don't have to get checks from the dean of students or things before we do things like that, before we make these allocations. Um, it all falls back on the students. So um, even within the context of student governments, Georgia Tech is given a lot of power. Um, and it's important that, I mean, people take that seriously and, and, and wield it well. Um, so I think that's why people need to pay more attention to to that. And it certainly is difficult, but, you know, we have resources online that describe all the different roles. And um, students are always open to talk to other students about that. Um, we're there all the time and, and we certainly want to meet and talk with people about their issues. So my next question is, what challenges can you all predict that this new administration will be faced with by the transition of a new president? Um, so like an institute president. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's going to be this, the defining thing for the president next year. Yeah. Um, I got the chance to speak with Nick Walkamp, who was president 10 years ago when President Peterson came into tech. Mm. Um, and I mean, that sort of executive transition for a school of this size and visibility um, will take a lot of time and just like figuring out. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, within the first 90 days, I think it's going to be a matter of knowing how to work with the president to just inform them about everything that's happening on campus, letting them learn about Georgia Tech in a more intimate way, um, and then setting the agenda for the president. Um, at the very beginning, I think it's important to kind of indicate to them um, what they need to be focusing on, not just in the next year, but over the course of 10 years, what the student concerns have been in that time. Um, the president will likely fill a lot of positions on his or, on his or her own. Um, and so I think just being involved in that process is going to be something that's going to require constant energy um, to stay on top of it and, and to build a relationship because, um, I mean, frankly, it sets the tone for how they interact with student government from, from there on out. And so um, it, it's extremely important and it's going to come in. I think they're going to come in right at the beginning of the fall, hopefully. Um, so it'll be right on time to, to kick things off. Um, unique challenges. I, I can't point to specifically other than the fact that everything's going to be really, really um, like fluctuate a lot um, over the course of the few first months. Um, I think as things stabilize, um, they can facilitate a transition into the next administration. But I touched on it earlier. Um, student government, some of the most effective work that we do is takes place over multiple, multiple years. Um, and so this is the first step in terms of, you know, building a relationship with the president and then you know, hopefully setting the tone moving forward so that student government can work effectively with them in the future. Um, I think a part of it is also going to be trying to introduce the president to campus. Um, we're trying to push um, already in our in feedback to the search committee and in other feedback sessions that we've heard that the president should be very, very open with students, um, even to the point of, you know, attending classes and walking around campus and just, you know, speaking with people. So pe they're able to say, I, you know, I'm here now and this is, you know, my vision for Georgia Tech. Um, so student government will play a big role in all of that, I think. Um, and as issues arise, as they inevitably will in that first year, then they will be the, uh, I think, one of the first groups that the president reaches out to. So um, it, it'll be important. I don't know what it'll look like exactly. Yeah. I wish them good luck, yeah. <laughs> whatever it turns out to be. Um, because, yeah, it's, it's a big shift. It, I mean, it happens only only once a decade. Yeah. Yeah, and just two things. It's it's funny because like we were saying earlier, I mean, this is kind of what we mean when we say SGA needs to be an adaptable organization. Certainly right. we, as in all of campus, only heard about this transition back in January, and it hit SGA at the same time. And so it's funny because you had these 
these four tickets all develop their platforms, all very student-facing, addressing very real student problems. And on top of all of that is building a relationship, a very, very important one with the new institute president. I mean, who could have seen that right. coming? And so it's funny because additionally, I think a lot of the things we do as SGA is, it's funny because sometimes we don't even know it, but it's pretty robust advocacy efforts and just making sure that we are advocating for very important student interests continually throughout the course of the year and making sure that they're always at the top of, you know, administrators and and faculty's kind of like list of concerns. And if there's anything I've learned throughout the past year, it's that one key tenet of advocacy is relationship building. Mm-hmm. And so as far as new institute president, um, the relationship building is going to start pretty soon. And it's it's not always easy. And sometimes relationship can be strained by, you know, differing interests and stuff like that. But I definitely do, you know, wish the next administration um, good fortune with that because who can really tell what that's like? Right. Yeah. So just to kind of end off this interview, I wanted to talk about a few things from your term as, you know, this year is kind of coming to an end. So my first question for that is what was the most challenging issue that arose during your term? I would say the most challenging issue was in a personal but also an organizational um, capacity, learning what mental health is and how how complicated it it really is. I realized this year that we we started off the year saying, what what can we do to improve mental health? What are things we can do to increase the number of mental health resources and get students to see counselors and destigmatize this conversation, all that kind of stuff? And we realized that it's a lot of the time it kind of is like that really head on, like we need to address mental health. And sometimes it splits off into constituent conversations about how can our academic culture uh, shift conversations about mental health? How can our... Uh, campus services options help to increase mental health on campus? How can student fees and students' financial situations impact mental health? Um, How can extracurriculars and organizational involvement impact mental health? And we really had a lot of those conversations over the course of the year. And I realized all the different things that mental health is and can be um, and how kind of difficult of an issue it is to solve. And certainly we have the wherewithal to do it. It just takes some more creative thinking. And so I'm ending this year with a really kind of robust understanding of what it means to advocate and um, and provide for those actual resources that increase mental health and what that looks like. It's it's not very cut and dry is what I'm learning. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of one of the more difficult things to approach this year. Yeah. I wish I could say something different, but it, it would definitely have to be the, the mental health conversation on campus. Um, I mean, it took hours and hours of meetings with the director of counseling, uh, with the dean of students, with student groups, individual students as they wanted to, to discuss their individual relationship with their mental health, um, where they thought Georgia Tech was falling behind, and then uh, where we felt like we could step in as an organization. I think balancing the need for additional resources, which is certainly there, um, with the other sort of structural things at Georgia Tech that affect mental health, like Io said, um, was a, a tough thing to first of all, ascertain, and then to figure out like how we wanted to push it and, and which one more. Um, and at the end of the day, it's, it's, a, it's a balance, um, and we are working on both. And so I think part of that is also communicating it to students. Um, if you aren't talking about resource improvement, then are you neglecting it? You know, Are, are the other things as important as uh, an additional counselor in the counseling center? And if we have conversations about that, are we devaluing somebody's personal experience? Is something that's difficult to do is... Um, both a leader and an organization. So um, we feel like we've gotten um, a good grip on it, at least for this year. Again, going back to the framework thing, GT Care is a good start. Um, the fee decreases is a good start. Um, 
it's not close to being done, and I want to see people expand on that further. Um, but hopefully student government, at least, and, and people who we've talked to have a better understanding of what it is on our campus specifically and how to address it. Um, even conversations, and we had that mental health uh, summit uh, with other universities, you know, including folks like Stanford and Duke, and they're dealing with the same stuff we're dealing with in terms of defining it and um, where they're going to invest their resources into improving it. Um, so I think it's going to take collaboration between us and other universities and our students um, to try to try to solve this uh, large, large issue together. But um, yeah, that was that was difficult at first uh, to understand how everything worked together and then uh, figure out a course of action. Right. And sorry, one other thing, just <laughs> another thing that was very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I definitely got a taste of what uh, you know when people say like organizational leadership or like organizational management. I was like. That's just, you know, team <laughs> building or whatever. <laughs> um, but no, it's uh, it's difficult. Um, SGA, at the end of the day, I think we have like 250 people. Yeah. And so it can be difficult sometimes to come up with an idea at the top and, you know, kind of see how the different roles and initiatives uh, pan out when you're trying to get kind of like one thing done at the end of the day. And it, certain projects like Evolve or um, certain people like have different relationships with position, different from... Uh, the ones they started with and um yeah it definitely took a lot more consideration than i thought this year um the fact that we just have a lot of people and a lot of things to do and it can sometimes get get bumpy when you're trying to just implement them at the mm -hmm. end of the day yeah. yeah so finally from your time as sga president and vice president what are you most proud of everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I mean, I've already spoken about some of the the issues we've done with, with counseling. Mm -hmm. um, I think in a broader sense, I feel like we've accomplished our goal here of trying to bring SGA back, so to speak. Um, we were very disappointed to see that we were the only people running. We wanted a contested election. Um, I mean, the fact of the matter is when you have people running against each other, ideas get sharper and passion for the organization is much higher. Right. Um, yeah. Here we have many of our positions in the House uh, where people were running for them. A bunch of them were also contested. Um, the presidential election was hotly contested. Um, I think that'll give a lot of momentum um, into the <coughs> new year. And I, I'm really excited to see what the next administration does with that momentum. Yeah. Um, but that's the result of an entire year of, of work. Um, and trying to, I mean, basically people seeing what we've been doing, understanding that they can make a difference in the organization, uh, feeling empowered through the work that they do, and wanting to stay involved. Um, we've built a bunch of younger leaders up as well, um, and our cabinet is younger than it was last year. Um, but even within freshman uh, students who are involved in this organization, I mean, they're some of the most stellar students I've seen in this organization <laughs> yeah, in a long time. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And so um, I th I'm really happy to see that I think for the next few years, at least, um, that we're going to see consistent um, leadership quality uh, in this organization. And I'm pretty proud of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I got to echo that for sure. SGA, it's, it's cool to come kind of to the end of our tenure and be able to say confidently that SGA is in good hands for the next three, four years. Um, definitely, I think um, we did a good job with that as far as developing leaders within our organization and putting them in the forefront and making them excited to be an SGA for years to come. Uh, that sounds a little self-congratulatory, I guess, but um, there's a lot of excited people in the office every day. It's yeah. cool to see. Uh, but I guess um, also it's been great to see throughout the course of the year 
um, people on our cabinet and people in the House really come to understand what it means to advocate for certain issues. I've been in meetings and I've seen, you know, I've seen us pushing for things that it, and sometimes the conversation can get, can get unsavory. Sometimes you have to, you know, structure your sentences in different ways, the administrators and faculty and stuff like that. And it's, it's not always a fun conversation, but it's what we're here to do at the end of the day. And it is a skill and it's something that I've seen a lot of people in SGA get really good at. And it's very exciting because when you kind of bring that idea to the real world, it's, it's how, um, at the risk of sounding cheesy, it's how you make the world a better place. You you push for things that are important. You advocate for issues um, that will make your communities better at the end of the day, and for um, for future people in those communities. And certainly, we've had um, issues this year where we feel like administration is you know dragging their feet or not being um, not appropriating enough effort or time or, or funding to a certain issue. And we say, look, this is at the forefront. Students care about this. We need we need this to happen in whatever form that is. And I've seen a lot of people I'm friends with and work with every day get really good at at saying uh, saying those things and having those types of conversations that can be kind of un- uncomfortable sometimes. Um, so that's kind of a really exciting thing to, to be able to see. And there's the aspect, I'll just add a final thing, of accomplishment of our platform initiatives. Um, I feel like we've, I mean, not all of them were completed, um, but many of them, I think, were either made substantial progress on those and, and a, a large portion of them were actually uh, fully completed. Uh, Mini Masters comes to mind is is one of the biggest ones. It's been a thing over the last three years. Um, that's when it first created came out of creating the next, um, which was an initiative through the provost's office and through students. Um, and now it's it's fully implemented, and people are registering for those classes, and they're filling up really quickly. Um, seeing those things be successful is amazing. Um, and so I, again, it's just kind of one of the joys of being in this role, which is helping other people accomplish what they're ultra passionate about um, and moving forward with those things as well. But I feel like we're leaving with a with a, a good uh, set of accomplishments mm-hmm. um, and plenty more to do. Well, thanks for all of your work this past year and thanks for sitting down with us today. It was nice for me to get to learn a little bit more about what you guys have done this last year and what I can expect for next year and my last year. Um, So check out our issue coming out Friday, April 5th. We'll cover Take Back the Night, the Midtown Whole Foods opening, and a special investigation about mental health hospitalizations. Tune in next week for some more fresh, dank news. And thanks for hanging out with us this week. If you have opinions about current events, let us know by tweeting us at NeekPod or emailing us at podcast at neek.net. If you're interested in writing for The Technique or sending to a letter to the editor, email us at opinions at neek.net. To support The Technique, pick up a fresh copy of our newspaper every Friday and tune in to Rec Radio at 91.1 FM. To hear more news, tune in on Mondays at 6 p.m. for Battleground. Thanks for listening. See you next time.